When you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. I need to know. I need to know. I miss it. Shaq Valet, how are you, man? Nice to have you back. Paramarv, Pam Smith, good to see you all. And uh, Corey Cole, welcome to SOR Chat. And who else do we have here? Ollie, the Crave Dog, how you doing? Thanks for coming on in. Robert Lamoth, good to see you. And uh, oh, the pissed-off Evan Walters is back. There he is. He's always angry. Very, very angry. And we love him around here. All right, Margio, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. YJ Overlander, how you doing, buddy? Julio, it's been a while. Nice to see you back. George Hernandez, thanks for coming on in. Jenny, nice to have you here. Hello, Trisha. I'll even wave to you. All right, one gambly boy. Welcome to SOR Chat. Number 14 in your program, number one in your heart, starting on defense from Stockholm, Sweden. Lars Janssen is back. Welcome, Lars. Nice to see you. Digger Dog, thanks for coming on in. And we are caught up in the chat room so far. Nature Journeys, welcome to SOR Chat as well. And we're on in 15 seconds. Super Chat is open. It's a great way to support what we do. Also, for our algorithms, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. And if you're new here, hit subscribe. And on that note, my friends, horns up. Let's rock. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, and check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Yeah, go support them. They deserve it. You know, give them a helping hand and support Chive Charities today. All right, let's get right to it. we got a great show coming up for you here momentarily. Ronnie Thoreau is here, as she is going to be talking about the Theologians of Orion. Who doesn't like the Constellation Orion and the Fun Belt? We're going to learn all about that. But you know what? Orion's got some aliens. It may have some aliens. Ronnie's going to break it all down for us. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then 
Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is back with a cryptid report. And if we got some time, Shirky Poo's news will follow it on up. Ronnie Thoreau is the author of The Theologians of Orion, which can be found on Amazon, an incredible true story of contact with people from the Orion constellation. It all started with her mother's 1958 abduction by Orion Gray beings and subsequent communication with the Orions. She has come forward to present the messages received by her mother to explain what they mean for the human race. Ronnie will also trace the intriguing path she has taken, leading to a remarkable awakening experience and communication herself, along with her mom when the prophetic voices began to be accepted. Ronnie Theroux, welcome to Spaced Out Radio tonight. We're very glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I am so excited to to have you here because, you know what, there's one constellation ever since I was a child that I absolutely love, and it's Orion. And, you know, I could go outside right now because we're at that time of year again where Orion starts to show itself and... <sighs> Man, this is where I love looking up into the stars because it's it's one of the biggest constellations. It's very noticeable due to its belt. But there's some hidden secrets that you're going to break down for us tonight as well, which I'm very excited about. You know, let's learn a little bit about you. You have been around this story for a long time. Your mother having an abduction in 1958. I would love to learn that story for our audience, if you don't mind. The abduction portion. Yes. Um, so in, she was a teenager in 1958 and she was with her cousin. And um, so we, we live in California. And uh, so she was staying in Riverside at her cousin's house. And they decided to go out to see a, a drive-in movie. And their aunt was very strict. And she said, you get straight home. Don't stop off anywhere. So they get finished with the movie, and of course, what they do, they stopped off at a malt shop and um, had their malts and then realized, oh, we better hurry up and get home before we get into big trouble, because our aunt would always be up waiting for them. So they get in their car. It was like a 1949 Plymouth, is what she told me, and they had that thing floored to get back home, and they said the next thing they knew was... Um, the, a ship came from behind their car, flew up over in front of them, and it had stopped their car. And they both looked at each other. And my mom looked at looked at her foot, and her foot was still, you know, she had the pedal to the metal, but they were going nowhere, she said. Um, and um, the next thing she knew, they were getting out of the car, which was five miles away only my mother came out of the driver's side and she had not been the driver um and then they they got out of the car started walking up to the house the cousin was mortified and she said i don't and my mom kept wanting to talk about whatever just happened and and her cousin would say i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it and they walked up into the house um they noticed the aunt was no, she wasn't there. She was in bed asleep, which would have never happened. She was very strict. 
And then they looked out the window and the UFO was still there. And then it, it seems like that it waited for them to get in the house and they were uh, safe. And then it took off. She said it zoomed away, her words. And then they um, they went to bed and pulled the covers over the bed. They were they were they just were in shock. Really, they were just completely in shock. And throughout um, my life and growing up, she told us that she had seen a UFO, but um, you know, we just didn't know anything else beyond that. And I and I wouldn't know really the details until 2012. Why did, it, it, why did mom wait so long to give you the details or how did you find out the details? Well, you know, I always um, wondered. I, I didn't know enough to ask her the questions. She didn't know enough. And I don't think she even really realized she was picked up. It's, it's like what, once we discovered that she, she, is when she said, oh, wow, I guess I was, you know, she had to think back uh, all those decades ago. Um, But it was um, 2012 when um, I was working a a very, very good job uh, making, you know, six figures in, and we had just moved into this building. And um, there, there was mold in the building, and I got very, very sick. So I had to leave. And I didn't want to leave it, you know, just the company wasn't taking care of the problem properly and I couldn't be there. So it, it just seemed like this awakening that was happening was supposed to happen between me and her. And it was like, I was, I was supposed to leave that job. I had been there for 11 years. So I, because I was so uh, wrapped up in it and it was so, it was a very stressful job. Um, and so while I was away, I had lots of time on my hands because I had a few months off and, and, uh, you know, I, I started doing the research of our origins because I always wanted, I was always fascinated with, um, God, uh, for some reason, um, the God church and the, and, uh, how we got to this planet. I always thought about that and I was always, um, just fascinated. And so, I thought, well, and I go, well, I was looking into this online and a UFO conference popped up. And I said, well, I think I'd like to go to one of those. So I go, I, I don't know if, you know, it might be kind of silly and weird. And I don't know, it might be some weird people there when I get there. <laughs> so I wasn't really into it. So I was never into this before then. So I decided to go. And then when I went, and it was in February in Arizona, and so when I went, I was having, I started having all kinds of experiences then. And it was like going off like fireworks. It was like I was supposed to, um, it was like, oh, she's waking up. Now we got to send her the fireworks. So the first, the first morning um, I went down to, you know, down the elevator to, um, to go check in and, and start start my day and as soon as I got out of the elevator I found felt this energy around me and I had felt it before in my life I go wow that's weird I haven't felt this in years and so I I just kind of brushed it off like that's it just it was a very very really good feeling and then I walked around the corner and the hotel doorman comes walking right up to me with his eyes really wide he shakes my hand and he says 
I see something with you. There's something around you. And then I turned because the lady behind the the um, desk said, I see it too. So I thought, oh, wow, two people saw this. This is amazing. And, and I said, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, and then uh, I finished my business there and then it th- that went away and I moved on. Um, and then while I was there, I was, I was having, you know, things to um, walking around and another person who was gifted telling me I was uh, reconnecting with who I am. And um, another instance where I was, I was hanging around with Donald Ware. Um, somehow I just, he took me under, under his wing and showed me all around. And so when I was getting ready to leave, he said, um, I'd like to give you this hug. And it was, it, and I didn't really know what it meant, but he was going to align the chakras and, and stuff. And like I said, I'm, I didn't know anything. I'm okay, I'll do it. And so when, we pulled away from the hug and it's like you're, you're there for a few minutes. You line your chakras, you give this hug and then you pull away from it. And all of a sudden from my feet, all the way to my head, I had this crazy, strange um, energy, feeling energy just ran up my entire body. And it was, it was so strong. And I just, I'm just like, what is going on here? And that was, but that was just the beginning uh, after that, it was just fireworks, like crazy. Um, if you want, I can keep going yeah, keep on. Yeah, keep going. When, uh, we're when, intrigued. When, um, okay, cool. Um, sometimes I'll get going on, and, and you might have a question. Just yell at me. Um, so I I finally get back home, and I say, well, that's really strange. And um, I had bought a Dolores Cannon book, and I was reading it when uh, – this was, like, shortly after – I got back and I was reading it and, and I put it down. I was done for the night and I looked up into the ceiling of the house for some reason. I said, is this real? Is this stuff real? And so I just got up and went and walked over to the, um, the dining room light, turned on the light and it was out all these chandelier lights. Two of them exploded, pop, pop. And I jumped and then I and then I went to the hallway light, and I turned that on, and it exploded too. And I went, "Wow, that that must have been my answer." Um, and then I so finally I, I I I went to bed, and then the next morning, when you're when you're in between this, you're just getting about getting ready to wake up. Um, an image appeared in my mind, and it was a man. In a in a long white gown with a beard, long hair, and I scanned his body from from his feet all the way as, to his head, and I that's when I I realized you know who I was seeing it was it was Jesus, um, and then I I said in my mind, why am I seeing this? And then right then, I I was like hit with the overwhelming feeling of unconditional love and it was the most amazing thing um i've ever felt and it just lasted for a few seconds and i just laid there reveling in it while i could and um you know that was just and then that was just a part of it i i kept having all these other um uh 
sleep experiences. Um, I had a regression that revealed a bunch of pictures also, and they always had Jesus in them. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I kept having dreams. One one dream, I had one dream um, that actually came true, ended up coming true. It showed me um, going to, going camping with a bunch of friends, which I, I didn't do, I didn't go camping anymore. And um, so it showed me a scene. And then when, I, and then um, not much longer after that, some friends invited me to go camping. We went camping and I went, and then I, when I went to bed, I saw the same scene that I saw in my dream. And, and um, it was just really weird. And then um, that same dream I had, uh, had something really, another, something really strange happen. Um, as soon as I, I saw gray, I had seen a gray alien in the dream and, um, and I was telling it to go away. And then all of a sudden everything went black and I heard this screeching sound in my, it sounded kind of sounded like a, tape being rewound I heard that in my mind and um so um after you know I'm probably home for maybe you know a week or two and I finally called my mom to find out more about her UFO experience and um so this is when I found out all everything that happened and um so that's when she told me the story and I said, because by this time, I'm, I'm understanding what missing time means. And I said, well, you had missing time. You must have been taken. And she said, well, I guess I must. I guess I must have been. And then, um, you know, I'm in shock and thinking this happens to other people, not us. And I'm, I'm like, what's going on with us? Why now? You know, um, and then so I'm trying to process this and. Then she starts saying really strange things, and um, I'm going to read from the book here. No problem. Cite cite exactly what was said. So I'm getting ready to get off the phone with her, and then she starts – let me find it here. She starts saying – You do not see with your eyes, and you do not hear with your ears. You make your own heaven and hell on earth. Adam and Eve did not populate the earth. You no longer use your brains. The people of earth were given free will. We are unhappy that you are destroying yourselves. The gray beings are almost like you. They think in a straight line. They are programmed prototypes. We call the grays by the job they do. We call them seekers and retrievers. When your DNA gets low, we pick you up and put an implant in your body so that we can upgrade your DNA. And so I'm listening to her and I'm I'm saying, what in the hell is going on here? What is this? And I, I, and I, because I had done some, you know, I was never involved in the UFO community or spiritual community or anything like that. All of a sudden, I start looking into it, and I have, did read up on channelers, and I thought, that's that's not my mom saying this. Somebody's talking to her, and I'm like, what is what is going on? 
And I, and I said, who is this? What's going on? And there was, didn't seem to be a reply. So we, we eventually had to get off the phone and um, try to process this and maybe come back at this a different time and see who's talking to her. Um, so, but, um, so that was just a part of the, the awakening and then my, I discovered she was doing a whole bunch of drawings. She was channeling drawings. Um, and she's got like a whole book of them. She didn't know what she was doing. She, she said she would become obsessive and just start drawing drawings um, for 30 minutes at a time. And kind of it, like when scrying. she's done, she would feel really good. It would make her feel really good like it was a reward. Um, and I have a whole book for, full of them. Um, I have a, a sample of them on my YouTube channel. You know, in one of the videos, I have about six videos on my on my YouTube channel, and uh, a couple of a few of them of them are her uh, actually channeling these people, and one of them is on uh, pollution, and it actually was about Fukushima, and it was very um, it was very moving, very um moving session. I was so glad that my friend uh, recorded it. He's the one who uh, was asking a lot of questions about Fukushima and what we can do about it and what they're doing, what they have been doing about it. But um, so in uh, eventually we, we've, we just found out, we discovered that these are the people that um, populated the earth. They, the, what they told us was, God made an advanced race, and that first advanced race was the Orions. He taught them to, to, to create, and uh, they, alongside, um, you know, after God had placed so many people on the planet, Adam and Eve, and then he also had placed other people, it wasn't enough people, they said, so they, they created more people. Uh, the Orions did, and they placed groups of um, I think it started out with groups of 12, then went to groups of 100, and they would pair all these people up and put them in different areas, and they were all different races. Um, that's how we got all, all of our races. They, they did say that there is a difference. This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike. No matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots. They're Blundstone's. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. Ibotta makes it easier than ever for you to earn money while you spend money. With Ibotta, you get real cash back, not points, on your everyday purchases. Whether you're shopping for groceries, clothing, or electronics, Ibotta has cash back for you. Download the free app today and use referral code IHEART to get $5 for trying Ibotta. Ibotta, cash back made easy. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. There are different races of people on uh, like one planet. There, there'd be all the races, but on they'd have their own planet. Each one of them. That's what they told us. Um, 
But um, I think I think if people once they if they were to understand this this contact what we have here, if they were really to really understand and wrap their head around it, I, and really realize what we have here, I think it would bring them to their knees. Um, it really is remarkable, and um, in the beginning. Um, and I was really excited about it, and I wanted to tell everybody. And then after a while, it got to a point where I would hear myself talk about it. I'd be talking to people, and I would lis- I'd be listening to my own words saying, this just sounds crazy. It sounds too crazy. And so I put it down for a while. I had published a book in 2014 just to kind of free up and uh, get it published, um, the people that speak through my mom had told me, hurry, hurry up and publish it because the, some of the predictions that they had given um, were, were right around the corner of happening. And then they did. And one of them was they predicted ISIS, although they didn't mention, they didn't call them ISIS. They said a, there was a storm coming. Um, but anyway, like I was saying, I had put it down for a few years. I wrote the book, put it out there just to um, have something recorded uh, our, our discovery. Um, and then I decided to pick it back up here last year. And um, I rewrote the book. Um, it's uh, written a, a lot better and put together a lot better. more. Um, and um, here I am speaking about it again. So <laughs> that's what I was supposed to do. We um, that's, you know, reason for our contact is that we're supposed to get the word out and it's about mostly about pollution and um, people and the, the world has gotten very evil. And um, they would like us to to basically just, they said that we don't have a lot of time to turn around our pollution until it, um, that we have until 2076, they said. And after that time, it will be downhill. It will be irreversible. Um, well, let, let's get you to hold on right there because, Ronnie, we do okay. have to go to break here at okay. the bottom of the hour. Ronnie Theroux is here tonight on Spaced Out Radio. The Theologians of Orion is the book we are talking about tonight. You can find it on Amazon. It's a good one. When we come back, we're going to find out from Ronnie the messages of the Orion people. Who are they? Where are they from? And so much more when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. That's a good start. Good start. Stevie Franchise. Jenny, how are you? Oh. Trying to figure out. I got something poking me in my pocket. Don't like that. Don't like that. Don't like it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I don't know about you. I'm digging the new hair. We may grow it out again in the future. But I'm liking this for right now. I'm liking it. I am. I know. I know. Uh, Have I interviewed astral travelers yet? Not in a long time. 
Not in a long time. We should do another show about astral travelers. I like astral travel. It's fun. I did cut the main Huckleberry Charles. I did. Um, I need it. I'm making, I, I explained it at the end of last night's show. Was it last night's show or the night before? Uh, that I just needed to make some changes. And I wanted to, I've, I'm starting to work out. I'm dieting. I'm trying to lose about 45 pounds and I'm on some multivitamins, and uh, I just figured I would give a, a whole new look uh, to try and, you know, pick myself up and pick up my spirit a little bit. Pete Leibel, how are you, man? Good to have you here. And who else is joining us here? Low Pro, way down low. Uh, Rexamillion, welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, flash forward, nice to see you. Mark Sanchez has beautiful hair. I've seen it. I have seen it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I would have kept my long hair for the winter. I do have my hair here. Hi, Midwest Night Watchers. I do have my hair. I, I'll even show it to you. Hold on. Whoa. Don't want that tipping over. <sighs> here it is. Here it is. There's my hair, not the receipt. Um, but there, there it is. Right there. Oh, look how beautiful those curls are. Right there, especially this one right here. I mean, you, you, you just can't make that up. You know, women die for that. That curl right there, women die for that curl. All right. So I've decided that everybody who goes to Vegas to our fan party and thank you steam train mark for letting me know if i'm alive tomorrow or not but everybody who goes to the vegas party will receive one strand of my hair that's a gift <clears throat> nick yak welcome to sor chat hi mr catfish how are you and who else has joined us here juan marquez welcome to sor chat uh, Wolverine, it's not gross, it's hair, man. Uh, welcome back. And Aunt Edna, how are you? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so everybody who comes to Vegas will get one, one strand of my hair. It's true. Dry Toast may get two. Hey, Scowling Greg O'Brien, how you doing? Scowling Greg O'Brien shows up in Vegas for the party. He'll get three, three strands. But he has to scowl for them. Penman, how are you? Hi, Ronnie. Uh, do I, Joe, do I have any other hair in the studio? No, I've got five beards. Two of mine, my friend Bruce's, yours, and Science Bob's. And then if you send me your latest beard, then I'll have two of your beards. Yeah. <clears throat> Vegas is May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. 
No, Nick Yak. Nobody got in trouble for hair. A uh, big thank you to Dry Toast for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. We've got 145 watching, 73 thumbs up. Don't know how many thumbs down. YouTube doesn't let us know, but that's okay. Uh, if you could hit that, and if you're new here, hit that subscribe button and ring the bell. We are here seven days a week for your listing entertainment. We're going to come right back here in five seconds with Ronnie Theroux, and here we go. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. How y'all doing? My name is Dave Scott. We're taking you to the stars tonight, namely Orion's Belt. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We are talking with Ronnie Theroux tonight. We are talking about Theologians of Orion, the message from the aliens of above, when one of the most popular <laughs> conversations and constellations that we could ever talk about. And let's make this happen. Ronnie, welcome back. Hi, thank you. You're very welcome, and thank <laughs> you. We should also say you can find Ronnie's book, Theologians of Orion, on Amazon. Go check it on out. Add it to your library today. All right, right before the break, you were talking about the communication with the beings from Orion and how you your mother was channeling them, and I believe you've now become uh, or have the ability to channel them as well. You know, a lot of people may not understand what channeling is. How do you do it? Well, um, in our case, well, I think with other channelers, a lot of times people have to go into a very relaxed mode and and be meditating, then something comes to them or but for us it's it's a little different. Um I have had communication and I didn't realize I had communication when I was a kid. So this this is something that's just didn't happen. It this was a long time ago. My mom's affected I am I had a a brother that was receiving communication that he never told us about. Um, but so when I was three years old, it's it's like an it's like an idea pops in your head. It's it sounds like it's it seems like it's um, your own thought. That's one of the ways. There's several different ways of communication. And so when I was about three years old, my mother was pregnant, uh, very pregnant, and I was standing right next to her, and when a a message came in into my mind and it said because this is i swear this was just like everything was preparing me for what i was to learn or do or much later in life which i am now um the thought was if if i was born from my mother then how was the first person made and it caused me to look at my mother when that thought came into my mind 
Um, I did have other, uh, some other communication. Um, when I was reading the Bible, something coming to my mind that said, the Bible is the word of man and not God, not to be taken um, negatively. Um, it, we can explain that later. But, and so, you know, I thought, well, why would I be thinking those things? And so, and there was also a time when um, I was, there's this girl who was trying to pick a fight with me and she went to hit me. And um, so she went to punch me in the arm and um, her hand just went right by. And I'm not a fighter or anything. And, and I wasn't, um, you know, I just stood there and froze basically. So she put her head down and went to hit me like in the, in the stomach and I'm just watching her fists and they're not even hitting me. And I'm like, this is weird. So something stepped in and protected me from her because she never made contact with me. And I just stood there and then she kind of got up almost like robotic and just walked away. So it was really strange. So I had, I did have some strange experiences. Um, And then as I, I was, it was my birthday. So after the awakening, um, I did have other, I was having all kinds of things. I was having um, experiences of uh, reptilians coming at me at, in my sleep, holding me down, covering my mouth. Um, one appeared in my mind's eye to scare me and it just came right in my face and made me jump. Um, I was, it, it I sat, I sat straight up out of a dead sleep. I was in a dead sleep and this thing came in my face and I just sat right up and uh, kind of gasped because it was just, it was trying to scare me. Um, and there were times when it, it held me down. I'll get back more to the communication in a second. Um, so in, you know, holding my mouth and my nose down so I, to where I couldn't breathe. And it was the first time that ever went that far. So what my mom was telling me is that they don't want what we have to get out. So they're trying to frighten us. And uh, so um, that I've had to endure that quite a bit since this awakening and ri- prior to as well. I didn't, I didn't realize what that was um, being held down in my bed. Um then uh, one night I was out uh, with some friends and I had a, a few beers. I was having a great night. I was very, very, very relaxed. It was my birthday. I just wanted to have a great time. And all of a sudden, um, I felt this immense pressure on the top of my head. It was like someone taking and just cramming down in your head a bunch of words. It was like someone fed a whole paragraph to you. But you understood it in an instant. And that message was um, the difference looking from my world to this world, looking at it at another angle, knowledge I have that they don't see. I figured out the difference in how to convey it to humans. We are very, we are different. We have to figure out how to say things to you humans. That was a, a crazy message I received. Um, I received other things too. Um, upon awakening, um, um, all kinds of things upon awakening. Um, one about um, evolution, 
uh, what was it? Um, the, the theory of evolution has many missing links. The theory of creation has no missing links. That came to me. Um, but I also had a, a vision, which a picture goes across your eyes. And the vision was, I was at my mom's house too when it happened. It was Jesus's tomb. I didn't want to jump to the conclusion that it was. And I asked my mom, what was that? And she says, they're telling me to tell you to figure it out. And so that, that is how they communicate that way with my mother. It's, it's through words. You do hear, um, I've heard some voices. Um, mine, mine has been sparse compared to my mother's. My mother's communication is on 24 seven. You can call her up and, um, you can ask her a question for them and they'll feed her their answer and they flash her pictures in her mind and she's supposed to try to figure out what they're trying to say. Um, and you know, all different kinds of ways. Um, sometimes it's just, a something, oh, I just, it just popped in her head and, um, I'll say, did, did they tell you that? And she's, I, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know who said it. <laughs> she didn't come for me. She said, it was just a thought that popped in her head. Um, so through pictures, they feed her a lot of pictures because their English is not their language. And this is very rare for this, this group of people to come forward. And I think it was just very dire time for them to come forward because all of the warnings that they've been trying to give everyone have not been working. So they themselves, I mean, they have people that work for them. Um, the other advanced races, they all work together. And not only that, the grays, they send their grays out and they program their grays. When they, when they pick you up, they will flash destruction of the earth in your mind. So they're they've been trying to go around and, and tell everyone um, to wake up and do something about the pollution. Um, they, um, and as far as the grays, I, they've given me a lot of information on the grays, mantis beans, reptilians. Grays do not have a soul. Reptilians do, which is kind of interesting. Um, there's not going to be a, an alien invasion. They protect us. They, um, they're out there. They're the watchers. They watch over us. They would not let an alien invasion happen. It's not going to happen. Um, uh, just you sometimes when you hear those things, it's just, I don't know. Um, you know, there's, there's just alarm. People want to get you all excited about something. Um, so as far as though the people themselves, so in throughout I have a, a ton of question of answer sessions that I've had with them and I have so many um so many recordings and things and notes. Um we've got drawings, um all kinds of things and so I took the question a lot of the, the really important question and answer sessions and put them in the book. And I think there's a lot of really good um information in there. Uh, they told us uh, that they themselves, they live on a planet in the Orion, Orion constellation. It's near Betelgeuse. It's there somewhere. And they said that they are 
surrounded by uh, millions and millions of planets that are kind of like in a Milky Way, they said. Um, and um, they themselves are, they have lighter skin. They are over seven, seven and a half feet tall, seven to seven and a half feet tall, something like that. They live uh, partially in the ground because they don't want to harm the earth. They have, um, they do have, they it's partially in the earth and then they have, they do have these glass bubbles. And um, they told us how they, they do their, how they do everything there, how they, how they, how they built things and how their water and it all, it all generates their electricity for them, the water running, the, the wheel. Um, so that they live their lives in a way that they don't harm the planet, but it, it all works and everybody does their job. They don't have a lot of people on their planet because it just it would cause a lot more pollution, but they said they have hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people on their planet and they, everybody works together. They said they they have to have us whenever they do have a break. They said they're always working, but when they do have a, a period of rest, they always have to. This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots, they're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace up boots at Blundstone.com. Milk, eggs, butter, and creamer. That wraps up another refrigerator stock and more cash earned with Ibotta. No way. I've been avoiding the grocery store all week because I'm dreading how much I'll spend. If you want to get cash back on groceries, online shopping, and any other purchases, try Ibotta. With Ibotta, you earn real cash back, not points. Look, earlier in the year, the average person spent $443 a month on groceries. But right now, thanks to inflation, your basket would cost almost $30 more, $472. Ibotta can help put some money back in your pocket. Over the same period, the average Ibotta user earned more than $61 in cash back. Wow, you've convinced me. Where do I get it? Download the free Ibotta app today and use referral code IHEART to get $5 for trying Ibotta. That's right, $5 just for trying. Ibotta. Cash back. Made easy. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. Ibotta. In the Google Play or App Store. Have us and the other planets in the back of their minds. Um, they're, they're always, um, they're always worried. They don't, they don't really, um, rest a lot. They say they don't, they don't really need a lot of rest, uh, like we do. Um, they, when they do, um, rest, they, they will listen to music. They have these musicians that get down in a crater. They take their, um, instruments down there and they play their music and it, and everybody stands up around the crater at the top and they listen to it and the music comes up all over around them. Um, they are vegetarians. Uh, they said they have rounder heads than we do. Um, they do and they fly in spaceships. They do go through wormholes. 
they they acknowledged that they um they said they have all these i asked them well how is it that a guardian angel can just appear somewhere you know he just and he appears in an instant um and they said well they have all these coordinates they've had for millions and millions of years they have these coordinates everywhere they can just take one and step through it somehow they step through this um uh and they said that their their bodies do dematerialize they they split their atoms when when they do this and they said that um they don't have a whole lot of health problems the ones that they do seem to have are some heart problems from traveling in their spaceships um i think it has to do with their splitting their atoms but i, I believe that's what they said um they they have mantis beans they mantis beans are programmed as well as the grays they are programmed to do a procedure and nothing more they said uh, i like to use their words they said they're chipped and and it instructs them and it doesn't stray left and it doesn't stray right it's exact they they program them precisely um other other advanced races make grays as well so there's uh the reason for their grays and I, I can't speak for the reasons why everybody's picked up by these grays and what they're doing but i can explain to you what their orion's mission is with the grays and why they pick pick you all up the orion's um people uh they the 55% of the population on this planet has orion dna belongs to the orions they were their creation the rest are the other advanced races including the reptilians um doesn't always mean it's not always a bad thing sometimes yes maybe um but they said that after a while the dna thins out in us and and it's a way for them to know who we are so they have to upgrade our dna and they either do it telepathically or they do it with because you have that implant in you they know how to there you are and we know how to locate you we're going to pick you up and we're going to upgrade your dna i don't exactly know how it's done when when they pick them up but i know that i get it telepathically and i've i've known when it happened and it was it was pretty it was you just know i just knew it um so the, those are their reasons for picking up the oh uh also they 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 do the test uh to take all the samples because they want to see how we're doing in our environment they're trying to see how much the pollution is affecting our bodies that is another another way um and when it comes to uh well the mantis beings they said they they keep them in a pen on their planet and they don't know any other way of life and they're happy they're just kept in a pen the gray beings they said live they they said they did destroy their planet and they live here under uh uh they live underground here that's what i was told um and uh um what else so well let me just cut in here because yeah I have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. 
in in regards to the greys and the mantid beings are they working for the uh, the the orions uh as as slaves as as paid employees do they have a union i mean <laughs> i mean how is this working they they created them as workers they are workers and they're programmed and um the mantis beans uh, I think just maybe the way they were programmed, they don't seem to care about their way of life. But the, the grace seemed to have, um, they, they said the, the purpose for making the mantis beans was because they have long arms. They carry, they can carry medical supplies to the ships. They, they can carry a lot of things in, the, in their arms. Um, the gray beans seem to, do seem to have more autonomy. You know, they had their own planet. Uh, they're making their own uh, hybrids. Um, and, they told us the reason. So, so basically, they're they're owned. They're 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 robots, basically, to go out and do the job for them because the people themselves can't come here, or they would die. They said, although they do send people here, and I think they they may send them from other planets. People that are look like humans. They're you know, there's there's millions of people here that walk the earth that are from out there, and they said that when they leave here. Those are the ones who um, show up missing, you know, on missing reports. These people are gone missing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so as far as the greys, they're their workers programmed to, to, for a procedure. It's basically just watching. They're watching over us to see how we're doing. Um, we're the cre- we're their, their creation, and they're just watching over us. Okay. Now, with the Orions, you call them the Orions, but many people believe that the Anunnaki are also from the Orion constellation as well. Are we talking about the same species or two different species here? They're diff- they're different, but they did say that the Anunnaki did come from there. Um, they all work together, and I, I believe they they sent them down. And the Anunnaki was uh, the Egyptian leaders, King Tut and his parents. They were the Anunnaki. Uh, I'm sure there were plenty of others, but those are just the ones that I can identify that I knew who you know. I I had asked about them if they were. So oh, okay. So with with the Anunnaki, then are you know because it's always been believed that the Anunnaki are are you know the helpers of the building of the pyramids and there's and and you know the many of the structures on Earth. Do you believe that they and they had all these slaves that built the pyramids, and the Orion said that they cut the stone with a laser. Um, and that just made me re- that made me remember how they said they generate light in their spaceships because it also generates the lasers. And they said by their their space spaceship spinning, it causes friction, and that's how what what uh, generates their light and their lasers. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there was also before I forget, I wanted to. Um, to recite out a very long, powerful, amazing message. It was one of the first ones um, that they gave to us. 
there's there's so much more I can't even cover everything, um, but this is one that is very important. So I'd like to read it. Sure. Uh, they, they they channeled this to my mom. Had her re- wrote, write it down, and um, actually the written the written part of it is in the book as well. Um, you were a challenge. We had to bring you to Earth because you were too different and you couldn't live in our world. We wanted you to be happy and prosperous, so we chose Earth as a planet best suited for you. You are our experiment, and we still watch over you. You need to open your eyes and listen to your Earth. We gave you the chance to all live in peace and harmony. You do not think beyond your nose. The Ten Commandments is all you need to go by to live a good life. Remember, if you didn't have a God to look upon for help and fulfillment, what would you do? You would be lost. We want to help, but from afar. No way could we socialize, reason being we are too different in our bodies, our way of thinking, our way of living. Marriage would be like a giraffe, living and consorting with an ape. We would be creating a new, strange, and different world, a world that should be placed on another planet. This is what happened before. We took part of ourselves and developed you. Through time and error, we created you. We want to do all the same, but different. We got just under a minute to go here. With these messages that you receive, how do you translate them? Do they come to you in English? They do. Um, yes, my uh, like I said, English is not their their language. That's why they use simple words. They they actually use old words because they can't keep up with how our language keeps changing. So they'll they'll use old words, and my mom just just uses the most updated word replacement. Um, but yeah, the, 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 it's not perfect, but, um, we do, we do our best. She does her, her best with it. So, but yeah, so it's, it's simple words and, um, they, you know, they are, they are more scientific. They like to, um, well, you hold on right there, Ronnie, you hold on right there. We're going to go to break here at the top of the hour, hour number two, Ronnie Theroux. And Theologians of Orion continues. We'll get to some of your questions as well. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. All right, Ronnie, we're clear. I'm just oh, going to okay. take take you out of the studio here. I'm going to step away for a minute. We'll be right back. Okay, okay guys? <clears throat> mods. My beautiful, beautiful mods. We don't ban people, guys. Let's ease up on the newbies who are in the chat room a little bit. Uh, If you're new to this chat room, we have a lot of uh, rules that we go by here. But uh, we have to uh, um, go by those rules, guys. So give them an opportunity, mods, to learn before we ban. Thank you.
We have one minute, Ronnie. One minute. Uh, once again, if you are new here, we are, just want to let you guys know in our chat room, uh, we are not a democracy. We are a Davocracy. And uh, we don't talk COVID. We don't talk perverted. We don't talk politics or anything like that. My mods are set up and they understand those rules. And we only ask, have some fun, enjoy the woo, and uh, just fit right in. This is a good chat room. There's a lot of fantastic people from around the world in here. And uh, we want to make sure everybody has a good time. And we don't want to get hit by the algorithms of YouTube, uh, which does happen. Thank you, Dry Toast, for the super chat. The super chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. So uh, thank you. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott, so thank you so much for taking the time to tune us on in. want to remind you that all of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. We want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. Our website, oh, let's get to the desert clam here. The clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Saprophyte. Saprophyte is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with author Ronnie Theroux. She has a great book out called The Theologians of Orion, which can be found on Amazon right now if you type it on in and add it to your book collection. We'd appreciate that. And we're getting into what the Orions are all about. Ronnie, welcome back. Thank you. No problem. No problem. So nice to be here. <laughs> For you, as you have embarked on this journey about the Orions, I mean, nobody's really an expert of what is really happening in the universe. And I, I would, you know, you know, say the same for any of us who have had channeling or ET contact type experiences. For you, though, you, you've taken this a step further. You've focused in on this and and everything that they have to tell. How do you know that these aliens are telling you the truth? I get that question all the time. Um, after so many years, and uh, understand why why they're talking to us and what they're saying, we we know, and, and we just from everything that we've learned, we know that they're just here to help us, and they're help. They're trying to get us to help ourselves and, and to do the right thing. Um, they don't want us to, they don't want us, um, you know, they like to see us extend our life here on the planet. The planet is, is dying, but um, it won't die for eons. 
uh, is what we were been told. They said, but um, the people won't fare so well until we, we start making some changes, uh, which um, brings me to um, how they have helped us. Um, when um, after, after Fukushima and who knows, I'm sure probably many, many other times that I only know of um, some of the things that they've done. And one of them was um, the red rain. If you ever remember the red rain that they, it was found in um, India. Well, they're the ones who sent it down. And what it is, is that they said it was contains a This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots, they're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. Higher prices make it hard to get what I need. Try Ibotta. Just download the free app, go shopping, and get cash back. Plus, when you try Ibotta, get a $5 bonus with referral code IHEART. Ibotta. Cash back made easy. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Amoebas that absorb impurities because it's so polluted over there. And um, the scientists were scratching their heads over that one. and But the Orion said it was them sending it down. And... Um, one time and they they told me about a blue jellyfish they created and it has a fin on it and they call we call them valella valella and this fish they released probably hundreds of thousands of them into the ocean and they said it sails across because it's got a fin it's got a little sail on it it sails across the ocean and it cleans up um all the pollution the radiation from fukushima and then they just wash ashore and then they die. And I was able to go see those. I saw them in uh, Cambria, California. I was visiting there. And I just saw them all over the place and took pictures of them. Um, but they said they, they made those. And, it you know, I just kind of wonder, does everybody, anybody ever think, oh, we just, we keep finding these new species of things. And we've never seen these before. Where are they coming from? And nobody really, you know. Nobody knows that it's aliens drop them off here. Um, I think it's just, you know, once you come to the realization or start thinking, it's like, wow, how this whole world works, it, it, um, it just, it blows your mind. Once you, once you start getting the knowledge like I've had, um, and I'm sure I only know just a little bit of it, uh, and, and there's just so much to know. Um, so that is one way how, how they are helping us with the, the pollution, but they want us to, to, um, they said, we need to know the avenues and we need to use them. And they said that we keep lose, leaving it to the next guy and, um, to fix, and it never gets done and never gets fixed. And, um, I would just like to add that you know, we keep doing that. And what people don't realize is that we are the next guy because we're coming back. Well, there's, there's, a, gonna... there's a couple things in regards to that. And, you know, this, I, I will say this, 
it seems like every race of extraterrestrial, whether it's the Orions or what you're talking about tonight, the Pleiadians, the Arcturians, the the Amoebans, and everybody that seems to be coming to this planet to visit all seem to have that same message that, you know, we are screwing up what we have here. And, and in, in a lot of ways, I would agree with that. You know, in some ways, I don't buy the pollution aspect. Um you know, but that's for a completely different conversation, you know, that would mm-hmm. go very political, which is something that we don't do on this show. Uh, but the idea behind this is that there seems to be a universal message, whether it's from a galactic council or they just have all figured it out and we're the new kids on the block and haven't figured it out yet. And that would be regarding, you know, we're not doing ourselves any favors down here. You know, I mean, we, we do treat the planet, uh, like it's a a cesspool at times, you know, some countries more so than others. I mean, you look at, you look at Beijing. I mean, they haven't had a sunny day in years because of the smog. I mean, it's rare to see the actual sun in, in, uh, the capital of China, you know, I mean, that's just one example. You know, so, I mean, are all of the aliens out there correlating the same message regarding this then? Yes, they all work together. The advanced races work together and they oversee um, the planets. And like I said before, um, all the different advanced races have their own people here on the Earth. We're a big mixture of different um, people. Um you might be Arcturian. I'm Orion, obviously. <laughs> and um, so they've got all those people working together. Um, you know, and I don't really like to buy into the whole um, ozone thing either. And I asked the Orions about that. I said, does it affect the ozone? They said, well, a little bit of it might. They said, but it's really nothing. They said that the, the, the Earth is a living organism. And it cleanses itself through um, storms and tornadoes and and um, earthquakes. Um, that's how it cleanses itself. But it is being taxed too much, and um, we need to do something. They said they wanted us to. They think planting a lot of shrubs and trees and um, succulents, anything to absorb all the things, will help a lot. And then once we do that, they will send down neutralizing rain to neutralize those those plants. Um, and they said that the ocean is 50% polluted. And they said that when the ocean's gone, we're gone. Because it, they said there are so many, there are so many um, cures in the ocean that we haven't even found yet. Um, that I would agree uh, with. Another, that I would totally agree with. You know, yeah. I mean, the ocean is is a, you know, as much as I do not do the ocean, okay, because <laughs> there's a lot of sharks in there and there's a lot of things that want to eat you and kill you, you know, the ocean is a beautiful place that, you know, and I, I think you bring up a very good point that, you know, the amount of uh, pollutants that we have put into the ocean is rather disgusting 
at the best of times. And, and I mean, Hey, I, I watch the videos all the time where you see all of these, uh, sea mammals and, and everything, you know, coming up to humans, asking for help to take away a net or a fish hook or, or a, you know, a plastic pop can holder, you know, I mean, you see it all the time. We, we don't do our best in, in regards to that, you know, the message in regards to, uh, the Orions that, that we're not doing on this planet. I mean, is this something that they have failed at before and then found a solution? The about the the ruining that maybe 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 ruining our planet maybe taking theirs to the eleventh hour like we have here before they finally got it. You know, I'm I'm not really sure. I I do know that there are other people. They said that um, are doing the same thing that we're doing out on other planets. Um, What the Orions are doing, I. You know, I don't really know what they're doing to try to warn them and, and whatnot. Maybe they're trying the same things. Um, but they did say that. I don't know if you remember. It wasn't too long ago, the last five years ago maybe, um, there was some sort of disturbance or explosion in, out out in, out there. And the Orions were saying that um, uh, it was a, a planet that exploded. And it exploded because of pollution because they did what we we were doing and they they what they did was they went and they they got some of the people off of there beforehand but they can only save they can only save a few people um but they they kind of they just let her live their lives they can't get um involved too much is that there's only so much they can do um then then they have to you know they have to, to let us um you know, do it on our own. Just they're here to teach us and reach out. And we're at a point now to where they they want us to know now how it all works. And that's they've come through us to to tell you how this all works now and that how they how we were all put here on this planet. And um, because it is at that point, it, it's getting near the end. Um, I hate to be sound like that way, but well, you know, you know I'll challenge I'll challenge you on that a little bit because I would be remiss and not be a good host if I didn't. I mean, we hear a lot of the doom and gloom. We do, yeah. and you know, whether it's from aliens, whether it's from spirit, whether it's from it's from our own, uh, you know, climatologists, whether it's from scientists or whomever, we we hear it all the time and yet we keep on ticking you know hey i'll be i'll be the first i'll be the first one to say that this planet would be way better off if humanity wasn't here it would be way better off the i mean you think about the amount of animals we have personally well not we as in you and i or everybody that that humanity has caused to become extinct or or something along those lines. You know, I mean, we do a lot of good as well, but nobody wants to talk about that. You know, I mean, I live in a country where, where you know, we have people all around us who are, are worried about climate change and, and everything that's going along with that right now. We keep hearing doom and gloom. That's what, that's what the news is all about. I mean, 
Yeah. There has to be something positive that comes out of it. They wouldn't have put us here if there wasn't something positive coming. I got you. But I um, part of the problem is what they have said to us is that we all walk around in a cloud. And we don't. Um, we need to wake up to reality. And um, that in talking about the um, the earthquakes and whatnot, that brings me to um, the Phoenix Lights. They had explained to us. I had asked them about, you know, what were the those people doing? What were the the ships doing that night? Um, you know, they let themselves be seen. This big ship. This, and they said that what they are doing, and they did it most recently in San Diego also, um, They, what they're doing is they're scanning for fractures. See, remember, they watch over us. So they're looking out for everything, including where there's going to be another big earthquake um, and things like that. So they said that they use sonar. And when they use the sonar, um, they have to they have to risk being seen and they have to let go of that shield that, that hides them in order to perform that job. And like I said, just in San Diego, that's where I am here. And uh, they did that recently here. They're scanning for fractures in the earth and that's how they know that an earthquake is coming. Okay. But I mean, this sounds almost like, uh, you know, The big one hasn't hit yet. We're still waiting for California to sink off into the ocean. I'm still waiting for my waterfront view here in the central British <laughs> Columbia. You know, I mean, we're, we're waiting for a lot of things. If we, And I think with humanity in general, we're so tired of hearing the doom and gloom of everything and the predictions and, and everything that's happening. Like even 2012 was a bust with the Mayan calendar. For God's sakes, you know, I mean, at some point, something has to be real, you know, and I apologize if I sound a little frustrated by it, but I mean, I've dealt with me personally, I've dealt with horrible aliens who've done bad things to me and I've done and I've dealt with the good ones and uh, and I'm fortunate about that. But but this doom and gloom BS, I, I think is is overrated and and you know fear-mongering not on your part you're just the messenger you're just passing oh. down the message i'm not taking this out on you yeah <laughs> but but i mean give us something real for god's sakes you know let's make it happen well um there's we can turn it around there's the there's the um there's the good thing that can happen so we can turn it around and everything can be just fine and we can live for here several hundred more years um and another thing that they told us um was about so you know i'll get off this subject here in a second but in uh closing with the whole environment thing one of the reasons why um another reason is as they said that our uh they, they said that earth is like a burning stove that never quits and they said that it will get outside of the atmosphere and travel to the other planets. And that's why they're trying. That's another reason they're trying to stop it because it, 
they said that um, the planets are a lot closer than we think as far as poisonous gases getting out into the and reaching them. Uh, they said that um, the purpose of the black holes are that they are they're formed by gases. That's just what we're told. And they said they don't go all the way through, but their purpose is to um, to grab trash. They're like an incinerator. But they said um, they said they're actually a good thing, but you don't want to get near one. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely, so, that'd be a little warm. So they said that they put us here, and I, I had asked him. I said, "Well, I don't understand why was Jesus put here then? If Jesus was did not go to any other planet, but it came to this one, what was so, what was so um, special about this planet that Jesus came here?" I, I, I was trying to figure it out. I had asked him several times, and finally they told me it was because the Earth is is one of a kind as far as the experiment that they did here. And that experiment is that they put every single of the different races of people here. It was an experiment to see what would happen. You have other planets with mixed races as well, but the earth is different. It's got all of them. And, um, you know, some of us do very well and some of us aren't doing very well with it, unfortunately. So, Makes sense. It does. Yeah. It does make sense. Uh, I, w- I want to get to some audience questions here. We got about three minutes before we have to go to break at the bottom of the hour. The questions are piling up. Let, let's start with uh, a couple from. Uh, uh, oh, this is the same question here, so I'll just ask it once. Huckleberry Charles is asking Ronnie, do they consider us as a human race or extraterrestrial? They call us humans. We are humans. They're they're a little something different, but I I haven't been able to understand what they are as far as what are they called? What's the difference between their body makeup different, you know, between the human and what they are? And I I haven't figured, I haven't gotten that answer yet or haven't been able to figure that out. All right. let's, Um, Let's continue on then. And let's go to Julie. And she, or pardon me, she's at, she posted it for MM3, who was asking, the tapestry that's behind you, is it a talisman? And do you use it? You know what? That came out of my son's room. <laughs> um, I don't really know. I just grabbed it because I thought it was appropriate. I needed something because I'm sitting in the ugliest room in my house. I've uh, remodeled my entire house except for this one big room I'm in. And so I had to just throw something up. But honestly, I don't know what it is. Um, like I said, it came from my son. It's got a bunch of um, elephants on it. A bunch of uh, elephants. Take a look at that. Oh, there's <laughs> the elephants. There they are. See them? Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> we love elephants around here. We do. We love <laughs> on it, elephants. All right, let's go to another question. This one from Joe, who's got fantastic hair, by the way. Aliens are always telling us that we're screwing up the planet. Did they show up 800 years ago and tell us we were doing a great job? <laughs> Wait a second. Well, I don't know that they showed up. Honestly, no. I think they they are actually very, I hate to say this, but 
and it's negative, but I'm just got to be honest. They, they're very unhappy with us. They are very unhappy with us. I mean, when they sent Jesus down, what did they, what happened to him? Look at, look at the evil that was going on. I mean, we are the most, we are the most um, complex people, they said. They made a being that they don't even understand themselves. And, um, you know, part, I, I believe part of why we're here is we help relay the difference between them and us and, and humans. Um, it's, it's a long story, but, um, you know, I'm sure they're very happy with how, you know, creative we've been and the things that we've achieved. Um, I think that we went too fast though. I mean, look at we went, where we've gone in 200, in a short 200 years, we went from, you know, horse and buggy to, you know, so much so pollution. All right, let's get uh, to it. we got the final half hour with Ronnie Theroux coming up on Spaced Out Radio next. We're going to continue with some audience questions. And we go from there. We'll be right back. The second half of Spaced Out Radio coming up right after this. chat room let's watch the politics okay watch the politics and evan walters pissing me off buddy totally pissing me off tonight (laughs) (coughs) oh yeah i'm just throwing that out there that's that's just funny stuff Double M the third. I think that's the name. Great stream. Thank you, Dave Scott. Why, thank you. (coughs) I can't even talk right now. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Thank you, Green Eyes Gypsy Andy's Tarot. That's a nice bandana you're wearing tied up on the top of your head. Just saying. Hey, Fab 22 has arrived. I will ask that Fabster. Mm-hmm. 
This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots. They're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. I am so sick of drinking water. I'm going to tell you right now, dieting sucks. It totally (laughs) sucks. And drinking water, as much as I've been drinking the last week, it sucks too. Just saying. Water's good. I don't mind it, but it sucks when it's really the only thing you can drink. I'm being serious. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They did say we are due for another big earthquake in California, by the way. (laughs) Oh, we're supposed to get one here in BC, too. We haven't got the rocker. Uh, We haven't got the uh, we haven't got the big rocker yet. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, they're they're predicting one. A, a kind of a big one. On uh, Los Angeles. At first they said Riverside, but Riverside, Los Angeles, whatever. Are you hungry, TMI? No, I'm not hungry. Not at all. I'm just sick of drinking water. I did have an iced tea earlier. I made myself an iced tea. That was good. Oh, Dame's way above the six uh, uh, glasses of water a day right now. Dave's trying to flush the fat away. It's exactly what I'm doing. My T-shirts are already fitting me better. It's only been a week. I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, and I started today eating oatmeal for breakfast. 
oatmeal, apple oatmeal. That's good stuff. Not going to lie. It's good stuff. Oh, lemon, yeah. I'm going to go get some lemons. When life Yeah, gi- lemon water. Lemon water's good. When life gives you lemons, make lemon water. Uh, Taco Bell. Uh, Pixie Lara, I would go to Taco Bell with you in Vegas or Taco Bell anywhere with you. I would. God, I love Taco Bell. Mmm. A mm. uh, big thank you to Dry Toast for the super chat tonight. Very much appreciated. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. If you're new here, hit subscribe. We're here seven days a week. And here we go, everyone. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you all with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you for tuning us on in. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, you can check out our archives for free at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We have her for the next half hour. Author Ronnie Theroux is our guest tonight. You can find her book on Amazon. The Theologians of Orion is what we're talking about tonight. Ronnie, I got a ton of questions for you from our audience. We're going to get going right now on those. And let's start off with uh, Green Eyes Gypsy Andy, who is asking, is there any updates on the warring factions, the Dracos, etc.? I honestly, I kind of don't get involved with a lot of, I see a lot of the talk and everything that goes on and ufology and I, I do I do follow it quite a bit and the talk about the Dracos and whatnot and and you know I, a lot of times when I we talk to the Orions we, we, you can say a Draco and they don't really know what you're talking about they don't know what that means um, so all the information I get is from them everything I've told you tonight is information that came from them it's not it didn't come from me um, I've never asked them they they do say that um there have been some wars out there. Um, they didn't say who they were, you know, what what people they were. Mm, all right, let's uh, continue on here with our audience questions, and uh, let's go to who do we have here? Let's go to MM three. How do people know what alien race they come from? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think they, um, I don't know how they know. I mean, the, look at how I found out. I found out because of our contact. 
Um, but I, I do believe that there's a lot of people out there that say they know where they came from, they're Arcturian or whatever. And there must have been something that told them that maybe they had some kind of communication with some being or a dream or dream interaction or something like that. But I, you know, I would think that probably a lot of people are walking around and they don't really know. But um, maybe there are some few that do know who, who get it through these dreams or contact or whatnot. So if you're one of the lucky ones, you get to know where you come from. Very true. Very true. The unknown would like to know, why do they, the ETs, only help oh, a few and not everyone? That's a good question. Um, like when they have the grays, they'll send the grays down and you hear about these healings that happen. Um, they, they're basically the, the grays, they are, uh, they're, they're learning. They're learning, learning procedures or learning medical procedures. Um, one time there was, I was at a, a UFO conference and I was talking to a gal who kept getting picked up and she didn't understand why. So I said, well, I'll call my mom and see if they can tell us why. So I call her and we're not even, you know, just somehow the Orions know who this woman is, um, is sitting next to me and I'm calling my mom on the phone. And I said, she wants to know why she keeps getting picked up. And she said, well, they're saving her life. Um, they said that uh, she, she has a problem with her stomach and it won't hold a, uh, nutrition or something it just she's not she's not hanging on to um whatever vitamins and whatnot in her body and um she said that so the grays are putting a thick protein lining in her stomach and they said and this is this is this is what it what it's all about it makes them one up in their skills those are their words. It makes them one up in their skills. So they are learning procedures. So I, I think that's probably a lot of it. They're learning how to, learning these procedures on people to how to fix them. Um, but I think that's what it is. I don't think it's a matter of, um, you know, someone deserves to be saved and someone else doesn't. It is kind of weird, though. I will say that. It is a weird question. Linda would like to know, Ronnie, have they said anything about the Bigfoot people to you? I have. I have asked about the Bigfoot people, and they said that they are real. And um, they said they don't like humans. They don't want anything to do with them. (laughs) They stay far away. They don't want anything to do with us. They start, yeah. I saw. they said that. I saw one Saturday night. <laughs> um, that's all they said about him, though. Four. So I've, I've asked him so many questions. I mean, I have a whole book full of just stuff and lots of questions. Well, that, that's actually a true story. Saturday night in the forest around here. Four, 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 <laughs> did you? Oh, you really did see one? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's awesome. I, I really think that, you know, my mom is 81 going on 82 so she's not young and she's got this magnificent magnificent gift 
that I really think someone needs to capture um, some scientist or someone needs to take her personally what she has. My mother is a homemaker. You know, she she doesn't know she didn't she never followed the UFO community or spiritual or neither one of us did. And then all of a sudden we're having all these communication and, and all this stuff. But, you know, we had had it all of our, our life. At least I did. And um, but I think before she leaves this world, I think someone needs to really take advantage of what she has and find out see if they can find out about uh, something that, you know, might be important about, you know, how things are done or uh, their ships or technology or anything if, that they can possibly get out of her because she, she's not no spring chicken. Neither am I. I'm a, I'm, I'm almost 60 years old. So we somehow, for some reason, we woke up late in life. This all started late. Well, that's okay though. The main thing is you got woken up. <laughs> That's the main thing. Let's go over to the UK. Tony is asking, Ronnie, what are the ETs doing when they are going in and out of volcanoes? I think I asked him about that a long time ago. And I don't know why it's coming to me as like kind of vague. Why am I, why am I thinking that they can stop it from blowing or something from going off? I that would, is a that's I always thought it was a fuel source, much like you see them park their ships near the sun. You know what we should do next time get my mom on here. I've had her on some other shows. I don't have her on every every time um but we could always do that. We can always get her on. We can ask her ask them questions um like i said the 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 communication isn't perfect, and they they talk to you like you're a child. So they just use very simple words and <laughs> they say things that were like, okay, well, I already know that, you know, kind of thing, some things, but um, they've also given us a lot of, a lot of really amazing information. Um, so in um, just to, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you some of the things. So I, that I've, you know, asked them about, uh, I've got a section on um, all the grays and some more information about the grays the negative forces, which uh, would be the reptilians. Um, so I got information on the reptilians, uh, some ancient aliens type stuff. Um, a little bit of information about God. Um, a little more uh, uh, information about the afterlife. Um, and the, in, more information about Jesus. And there's another... Um, person that you've never heard of before and it's another reason uh for us bringing this forward is that now is the time to know that there is a third person of the holy trinity that we got that wrong and it's actually a female and her name is indiosi and uh they call her the glorious one they said uh jesus is referred to as the one um, God is referred to as the infinite one and she is referred to as the glorious one. And, um, that's, that's the new exciting thing that's in the book. Um, and there's, it was, it's pretty amazing how that all unfolded. Um, and then a little bit, and then I had a section on the end of the world. 
what what I think is going to happen in the end of the world. And um, my belief is that um, Jesus and Indiosi will be back together. Very cool. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Miriam. Can a human and an Orion mate and produce offspring? I would think so. Yes. Um, you know, why wouldn't he? I mean, there's a lot of advanced um, races that mate with humans. And we've heard about it through all these um, experiences. And that, that brings me to a point that one of the, you know, you see all these kids. And like I said, everything I'm telling you comes coming from them. Um, so these real smart kids graduating as a, you know, they're 12, they're graduating college. Well, there's a lot of that going on right now. And they, what they told me was, is they, um, they are taking, um, they are mating, they're taking a, an advanced race person and mating them with it, with the human and they're making the advanced children and they're um, putting them, they're putting them in, into the earth and they, they are to, uh, become scientists and doctors and they're here and they are to make the world better and their bodies withstand pollution better. So that's a lot why you're seeing all these uh, advanced kids and, uh, and how they come back in is they, they'll put them with foster families. And sometimes these foster families, they, they know who they are and where they came from. All right, let's continue on here. Uh, let's go to Fab. Wasn't 1990 contact period from Orion referring to Jesus as Sananda? I'm not really sure exactly what this 1990 contact period is. I've heard of Sananda. I think I know what that is, but I don't exactly know what you know, what he's referring to. I'm not really familiar with it. Um, all I know is that the Orions told us that Jesus went by the name of Jehovah when he was here on the planet. All right. Let's continue on here. Let's go to MM3. Do the aliens die or are they immortal? And do they believe in an afterlife? They do die, but they, they live hundreds of years. They can live for hundreds of years. They said that they can live as long as they want to, but they don't want to live forever. And that's why the Orions are the descendants of the people who created us, because uh, those people are long gone, the original, uh, our original forefathers. Um, do they believe in an afterlife? Yes. These people are the, are the people that manage our souls. They're the ones that direct us to our next incarnation. Um, it's basically, well, as far as far as when you die, um, it is kind of like what we think happens. You know, we go through the light and all that stuff, and um, how we we meet our maker uh, when we get to a gate. But they said it wasn't really a gate. They said it's more like a force field, and uh, they flash all the things in through your mind that were in the some of the maybe not so good things that you did in your life. And it, and they said, what's it uh, kind of tears your, tears your heart out is how, how they put it. 
but um, so was there another? Yeah, that's about it. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to YJ, who is asking, Ronnie, how much do aliens really cooperate in unison? I personally see different factions of ET influence mankind in ways that may seem very counterproductive. Well, these, the alien people, as far as the human type people, if that's what they're talking about, the advanced race people, I call them advanced races, um, fractions of ET influence. Yeah. Um, maybe she's talking about the, the gray beans then. So I know, I, I, I know that there's a lot of, um, People may have their different reasons for if she's talking about the greys, a lot of different uh, uh, advanced races made greys as well and programmed them as well. And, you know, you can program them to be good and you can program them to be bad, to, to do bad things. So it's hard to say who's doing what. Um, you know, the reptilians could have... I'm sure they have their own grays and they, they're not good. There are reptilians that are good. And then there are some that are not good. And, um, so, you know, they, they could, um, also program grays. So if that's what they mean by being counterproductive, um, or, you know, swaying mankind or something, I, you know, I'm not really sure. All right, let's continue on with the questions. Zaddy is asking, have you ever tested the spirits and asked if they are of God? Are they thinking that the people we talk to are spirits? Um, they're not spirits. They're physical people. They, we did ask that they're God, and they said, we are not gods. If you want to call us gods, call us scientific gods. They said they are more they are less biblical and more scientific. They're very, very smart people. They they make people, they're master geneticists. Um, so they like to be referred to as scientific, more scientific than anything. They're very humble people. I mean, these are um all these, all these people there on their planet, they all work together. They said they all work together. They, they get it done no matter what. Everybody uh, does their, does their job. They said you can't break that chain. Everybody has to do their, their duties, and then they can rest. It's very important to rest. Um, it's, it's just too bad how, you know. Just imagine if, if things were like that here on our planet, if we could work a little more in unison, you know. All right. Let's go to the unknown. Why and how do they choose who and who not to inform about what's going on? Do you have property that needs managing, but you're unsure which tractor and implements you need? Come see us at Sun South, where you'll find quality John Deere equipment and the implements to tackle any job that comes your way. And right now at SunSouth, you can drive off in a brand new John Deere with 0% interest on popular models, including 1 Series, 3 Series, and even 5 Series tractors. For all of your equipment needs, come see us at SunSouth. Equipment for those that do. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Expires October 31st, 2022. 
This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Like, as far as, like, I'm guessing here, why do they choose us? Um... I don't exactly know um, as far as when it comes to I I, I believe that they, they just got to they got to find someone who will listen I suppose if they pick somebody up and they flash these things through their mind these messages they want to give to us for so we can relay to important people here so that we can do something and make changes um, as far as us I think. I think we go way back. Uh, my mother and I believe it's like I was telling you earlier, the more I talk, the more things I say, the more it just, uh, I, it sounds crazy, but we're part of their group. And I believe that we were placed here. We were sent here. Um, and this is what we we're supposed to do. We we're supposed to wake people up. We just seem to have happened to a little late in our life. All right, let's get to the next question. Double M3. Ronnie, do the aliens die? Or uh, you already asked that. I'm, That's the same one. Same one right there. Uh, Brown Dwarf is asking, have you been able to document any strange phenomena pertaining to these experiences? You know, um, the best documentation we have, really, as far as, you know, it, it it's going to need to be our word. And here you're talking to an 81-year-old and saying all these things, and I have so many, so much uh, recordings. And how would this 81-year-old homemaker know the things that are coming out of her mouth? Especially, you're sitting right there. And she's just saying it. She's not looking it up on the internet. There's no way she would know the things that she's saying. There's there's no way. So I have a lot, a lot of um, video and audio tapes. And um, uh, like I said, and I have a YouTube channel too. You can listen to some of it. Um, there's one, of, I do have the very first one of her actually showing her uh, I did a video finally. I was, it was very, very protective of her. I was afraid, you know, I was just afraid of, you know, you put your mom out there. She's 80 and I was just was afraid of revealing on it. But I said, you know what? I, and I was afraid myself. I, st- I started using a different name when I first came out with this because I'm, I'm like, I'm afraid of negative backlash and stuff. And, and finally I said, I got to just be brave and not worry about it. Don't worry about what people are saying. Just just come out and say it. So finally, I put her on video. And um, she's in the video talking about the Phoenix Lights and what they were doing. And um, so that's the only one I have of her, uh, if you'd like to check that out. And the YouTube, um, you can either look at my name, Ronnie Thoreau, or The Theologians of Orion. 
and I uh, got a few videos there. I'll have another one up if you want to subscribe. Great, I'll I'll have another one up that it's talking about a lot of interesting things. Uh, it's just a recording. Excellent, excellent. Uh, we have let's see, under two minutes. Let's try and get another question or two in. The unknown. Why are we as humans like? the way we are aren't all being similar in their wants and needs where humans uh weirder than bigfoot <laughs> why are we weirder than bigfoot um why are why are the we the way that we are we are very complex people and we um we really don't think and it's just prime example is we go out and we do all this stuff and we're creating a whole bunch of waste and pollution, but we don't think about it and we don't really care about it. And But we're smart. We have a lot of very, very smart people here making bad decisions. And a lot of times you get a lot of these really brilliant people together in a group. And when you get them all together in a group, they make bad decisions. And it's almost like their collective IQs all just go down. <laughs> and... Um, so aren't we being similar in our wants and needs i would say yes um you know i think i think a lot of us i think we're all very similar and um we're all you know i I, yeah i do believe so and it's just too bad that a lot of us can't get along um and there's a lot of hate in the world and and um things going against other people because they look different, different race and, and whatnot. But I think that there are still a lot of really, really great, wonderful people in the world. Um, well, on- so as far as, as far as why the, we are the way we are, let me I'll go, I'll go a little bit more on that. Um, like I said, they, the Orions, they, they made us and they kept, um, there's, uh, error after error and they said they were pulling all this DNA from all these different planets and they got a they got a glitch in the DNA so I think that and on that note I'm sorry I gotta cut you off there Ronnie Ronnie Theroux author of Theologians of Orion coming up next hour three we got Swamp Dweller we got Super Duke on Spaced Out Radio next Great show. Oh, great show. I hope so. Thank you so much for doing that. No problem. I get a little choked up sometimes, and I was trying not to do that because it's just, you know, it's it's real. It's a true story, and it just it chokes me up sometimes. No worries. <laughs> you, go in, you go enjoy your night. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a good night. Take care. Thank you so much for having me Any, on. Anytime. Take care. All right. Good night. Ronnie Theroux, everyone. Get her book on Amazon, Theologians of Orion. I'll be right back. You guys sit tight. Hour three is coming up here in a minute.
right, we got about a minute left here. Thank you to Dry Toast for the only super chat tonight. We really appreciate the love. And thank you to everybody who hits subscribe. <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you. Doing well, LGG. Doing well. And final commercial. Thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs down, up, thumbs down. Don't forget after the show and uh, leave a comment. Let us know what you think of tonight's show. It really helps with the algorithms that we are trying to build. We are just under 900 away from 20,000 subscribers here on Spaced Out Radio. So thank you so much. It's fun watching this grow. Here we go, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam is set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Saprophyte. Saprophyte is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It's time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on a spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Didn't that play? Let's try it again. It's not playing. It's not playing. Why is this not playing? Well, let's... Uh, well, this is a little technical snafu here that uh, isn't supposed to happen. Let's try this one out. Let's, where did this one go? Hmm. Let's try this again. Obviously, we're having a little technical difficulty here. Let's try this one more time. See how it goes. Let's see how this one works. Let's go here. I live on a rural indigenous reservation in Alberta, Canada. I'm familiar with stories of the Wendigo, shapeshifters, and skimwalkers. But my only encounter will always stick with me. 
and I vividly remember all the details of my experience. It was spring of 2020. The pandemic was just getting into effect. We were all stuck at home at the time. But one night around 3am, I went to have a cigarette. I cracked our balcony door and stood inside as it was still chilly outside. The snow was starting to melt. It was a full moon that night. It was so bright outside, and with all the snow, the moonlight reflection made everything merry and vivid. I lit my cigarette and heard what sounded like a chopping sound, almost like stones or something solid being thrown against a tree. The forest is all around my house. I quite literally live in the middle of nowhere. The sound was coming from my neighbor's horse's field. It caught my attention, so I focused on that area. That's when I heard footsteps in the snow. It wasn't like an animal trotting, but more like human footsteps. Gazing off in the distance, I saw something pacing around the vehicles. I thought it was maybe an intruder, somebody trying to rob us, but my gut feeling took over, and I had this eerie, unnatural feeling about this. I will admit that I was a little bit intoxicated at the time, so I was second-guessing that I may have been seeing things, but to be honest, I had only had a few drinks and definitely wasn't drunk or anything like that. But with the moonlight shining down, I knew whatever this thing was had been pacing around, and then it saw me. This thing stands up on two legs and ran when it saw me. It got about 50 meters from where I was standing. This creature lunged at me and made a growl I had never heard before. It all happened so fast, but when it lunged at me, the moonlight showed how greasy this thing's skin was. This creature had long hair. It was jet black with yellow teeth and eyes. It somewhat resembled a wolf, but it was much more significant, and the way it growled was unnatural. The way it lunged at me was supernatural. It, it was almost as if this thing could jump on the roof of a two-story house with ease. And the smell. It smelt like rotting garbage. I have never been so scared in my entire life. It all happened so fast, but I vividly remember this detail. When people use the term my heart dropped, that's a very real thing. I threw my smoke and slammed the door shut. My entire body trembled, and I felt like my heart was going to fall out of my stomach. I was vibrating and shaking and trying to get myself together. I was trying to rationalize my thoughts about what had just happened. I have never been so scared in my entire life. I sat in the living room in darkness. Rethinking about what just happened, I felt like I was being watched the entire time. This was my dad's house and my room was in the basement. There was no way in hell I was going downstairs. I calmed down the best I could and made a bed on the living room couch upstairs. At that point, I was even thinking, maybe I'm just tripping out and seeing things. Then I kept hearing tapping alongside the house. My house is stucco, which almost sounded like nails on a chalkboard. I was scared all over again, frozen in fear. The front door to the house is on the second story, so there's a flight of stairs outside leading to the balcony and front entrance. I heard something run up the staircase and pace around the front porch. We use sage and smudge to ward off evil energy in my culture. However, me being slightly intoxicated at the time, it is frowned upon to use it while under the influence. But this was an emergency. I was scared for my life. So I lit the sage and smudged myself and the entire upstairs in my house. 
Just as I was starting to feel at ease and even started to second-guess myself again, I saw what was definitely making those noises I was hearing outside. And this pain of being watched came back. Then I got towards the front entrance with my smudge pan still burning. As I peered outside, the thing was standing on two legs at the foot of the staircase. And it laughed. It laughed at me. And not a regular laugh, but like a hyena or some weird immortal animal laugh. At that point, I knew what I experienced was real. I ran into my dad's room, where he was sleeping, and shook him awake. I was in complete darkness, I was crying and my voice was shaking. I was shaking uncontrollably, and I told him everything that happened that night. His response was typical asking how much I drank and if I did any drugs. It made me feel like a crazy person and even a little humiliated. Humiliated. It made me feel like a crazy person and even had me feeling a little humiliated. But the fear I had in my eyes was almost as if he said that to try to bring a reasonable explanation to comfort me. Because he gave me his eagle feather and said, put this under your pillow and pray for protection from our ancestors and to the creator. After doing so, I could finally sleep on the couch upstairs. The following day when I woke up, I once again thought to myself if everything I'd experienced was real. I didn't want to believe that the whole experience was indeed authentic until I went outside and I saw where the thing had lunged at me in the snow. And where it landed, there were four big paw prints. It wasn't regular paw prints like a dog or a wolf would have left. These things had claw marks and they almost looked human. It was massive too. It was almost twice the size of my hand. I just looked at those prints for a good while. My heart stopped and my body became heated as if I was about to faint. I was too scared to even show my dad or take a picture because I didn't want to make notes or document pictures because I was scared doing so would make it return. My only reaction was to cover up the tracks and place protection around my yard. I got utterly sober after that experience. Thankfully, I've never had an encounter like that again, and the way my dad reacted when I woke him and told him what happened, I never told anybody else about this experience because I didn't want to sound crazy. But I saw those prints. They were real. Buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Or as we like to call it, the can't have just one deal. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McGriddles, McChicken biscuit, chicken McGriddles, or crispy hash browns. Want two sausage biscuits? Buy one, get one for a dollar. Want a sausage biscuit and hash browns? That's cool too. Choose more of what you love. Buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. And now, the Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $9.99, plus special financing, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. It all happened. I even have goosebumps writing this story. I hope you feature this story, Swamp Dweller. I've been a long-time subscriber and have finally dared to share my story with what I believe was a skimwalker. Keep up the excellent work. And we thank the Swamp Dweller for another spooky story tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Swamp Dweller kicks off hour number three of this show every Monday through Friday night. And we love it when he does. It scares the daylights out of us sometimes. Hey, if you're interested in hearing more, you can go hear thousands of free stories. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. 
and hit subscribe. He's almost at 280,000 subscribers. We get freaked out each and every night. All right, speaking of freaking out, we got Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio here coming on in for the Cryptid Report. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio comes in a couple times a week to talk about Duke Doubt Radio, where we have him come on in, tell us some spooky stories. How you doing, Big Bad Duke? I'm doing good. Thanks, Nick. And uh, Big Sky Howdy from Command Center of World Bigfoot Central here, high in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, it's always good to see you. Always good to have a nice adventure with you on this show. And nice to have an adventure for me this weekend. And we're going to get more into that with Robin McRae on Thursday. But, Duke, we, you know what I'm very happy about is my buddy, Little Marky Spender, who is Mr. In Denial, can finally say that we saw a Sasquatch. Matt, now you got to tell him, hey, buddy, denial's a river in Egypt. <laughs> So uh, how how bad was the denial before this? Well, it was funny because we we got we saw the creature in in, in the moonlight, and it was standing there, and uh, then it ducked down, and we could see it kind of crouching, and then it vanished. You know how they do that, and uh-huh. and. Uh, we had flashlights on it, but we were we were still probably eighty to a hundred yards away from this. And did you got, get eye shine from him? No, no, that we did not. So he wasn't looking at your flashlights. He was looking at us. You could feel it. But it, you know what the cool part about it was? Going into the forest that night, Duke. And you know I'm a real energy kind of guy. It was very curious energy that night. Good energy, positive energy, but curious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we got out of the forest that night, I immediately text Robin, uh, your good friend Robin McRae, who will be our guest here on Thursday. And I'm like, we saw him. And she's like, what? Are you okay? You know, immediately responds because I don't think Robin sleeps. I really don't. <laughs> she doesn't get a whole lot, no. But we got on the phone with her immediately, and without giving her a description, she described exactly what we saw the color, the size, you know, how it was standing. You know, and. Did she tell you his name too yet, like she usually does? Moloch. Mo Dash Lock. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of disturbing when she does that. <laughs> so she uh, she told us there were five in the area, and that uh, they were all watching us. They were watching the fire. They were curious about what was going on and hanging out with us, and uh, they were used to us. And Moloch apparently told her 
that they were very happy that we were respecting the forest, respecting the area. And, uh, you know, we weren't trying to stir things up like most humans do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're getting used to us. They're getting used to us. And my buddy Mark, okay, and I've explained this on this show before, so people who've heard me say this will hear it again. My buddy Mark is a lifelong outdoorsman since childhood. You know, when he lived on Vancouver Island, he was a he was a cougar tracker and he was a, a wolf tracker. He's been a hunting guide. You know, he's been face-to-face and char- bluff-charged by black bears and grizzly bears. I mean, this guy has been there, seen it, and done it all in the forest. Okay, and he is Mr. Prepared. You know, I've I've never seen the the inside of his backpack that he carries when we go out there, but I sure as heck know that probably everything to survive is in that backpack. And, you know, it it was one of those things, Duke, where afterwards we were talking and we, we were listening to Robin and, you know, about half an hour later I get a text message from Mark. It was a head, torso, and shoulders. I can't get my mind around it. There was a head, shoulders, and a torso that we saw. And I said, mm. you saw a Bigfoot. You know, and he's like, damn it, I think I did. <laughs> and, and we went we went back yesterday. On, uh, Pardon me. We went back. Holiday. Yeah, because remember, somebody told you that since you saw one standing there, there was probably tracks there, and maybe well, you should go get pictures. Well, you, you were and Super Duke said that we yeah we went we went back on holiday Monday, and because up here it was Thanksgiving weekend, and we went in the daytime specifically because of what you said and what Robin McRae had said, and the the real cool part about it was. We found about two 15, 16 inch tracks. Nice. Okay. They were not near where this thing was standing. Mm-hmm. There were no tracks. Yeah, because his track would have been a lot bigger than that, Dave. If he was between 10, 12 feet tall, yeah. 18 to 22 inch track. Well, there's a reason we figured that, that we could not see his track. The ground is so dry out there right now. We've been in a drought for the last month, month and a half, Mm -hmm. and the ground is so hard and so dry, there's very few wet spots on the ground right now in the forest. And, and, you know, we found a beautiful grizzly bear track. We found a a very nice black bear track, but nothing in that area where we saw him, the, the dirt was so hard, it's like concrete right now. And, you know, there wasn't even a deer track or a moose track to be found. And we know that those animals are in the area. And positively lousy at hiding their tracks, too. Very true. (laughs) They make no attempt whatsoever. Um, Yeah, you know, if you've got a big one like that hanging around there, he's he's the alpha or one of the senior males in the local group. So you've got a local group there. No question about that. Robin's already mind-speaked with a, a couple of them. The one female there had a a newborn baby that she was all proud of. Wanted you to know about that. So, yeah, they've already decided that Dave Scott is cool and he should come hang out with them every weekend. (laughs) 
See, this is habituation, Dave. This is habituation to presence. You don't really need to give them anything. You just go up there and have fun and be respectful, and they'll start paying attention. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great, man. I really do think it's great. And we had a lot of fun going in there, and we had a lot of fun. You know, I, I'm really happy for my buddy Mark. I mean, I hadn't seen a Sasquatch since uh, 2013, and Mark was still on the fence of whether or not these were real creatures. So the fact that Mark was was uh, able to uh, see one and and finally get um, uh, the ability to to uh, you know have that encounter. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Well, he got shoved right off the fence on that one. Now he's not fencing anymore. <laughs> Too late now, buddy. You're in the 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 uh, the what do they call it? The camp of no return. <laughs> you seen one now? Oh, you got that right. You got that right. And uh, you know, and even for my buddy Mike. And you know what was really cool about it, Duke, is uh, my son saw it. That's the thing I think is the coolest about it. Your son got to see one. That's so cool. Because now he can't be like, oh, my dad's just a crazy crackpot. He's like, I went out with my dad and I saw a Bigfoot, okay? Yeah. No, it was uh, it was very, very cool that he that he was able to, to see that and to be able to, um, you know, try and, uh, you know, he was so excited to explain what he saw, uh, it was just, I, I don't even know how to put it. I don't even know how to put it. Um, he was just pumped right up, you know, and, and pumped and ready to to uh, go back in and, and see things again. And uh, I, I was happy for him, happy for Mark, especially because, you know, I mean, there's certain things you want to see. There's certain things you don't want to see in the forest. But this was it, it was a good weekend. Uh, next weekend, we you know because of hockey, the next two weekends probably not going to get out in the forest uh, very far. But we're going to go out on Sunday, check the areas again. Our gifting site really hasn't been working, Duke. Uh, but I'm still, uh, according to Robin, they know it's there. They know there's toys there, but nothing's really moved. And uh, I'm not disappointed by that, but I'm not, uh, I, I don't know if I'm convinced if um, if the gifting site actually works or not. But, hey, I'm going to keep it there because it doesn't hurt. Well, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I mean, basically, I, for my, you know, five cents worth, um, you're doing basically what I do for my research areas, you just keep going there over and over and over again and you have fun and you camp and, you know, light spirited and everybody's having a good time and no, we're not scared of the woods and that kind of stuff. And they just, they get used to you. They start trusting you. They come closer and closer. And at that point, if you're, you know, leaving them things to interact with, um, you know, as long as you got that stuff out there, just leave it there because at some point they might get interested in it and start interacting with it. Or leave you things there. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. 
I hope so. I mean, that's all fun and everything, but it's a lot more fun when you're out there camping and they're like 30 feet away from your camp and you can see their eyes right in the wood line and they're watching what you're doing. That's a lot more fun in my, you know, my book anyway. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, just the entertainment factor. I mean, the fact, I mean, we saw this creature that, you know, we maybe saw him for, you know, 25 seconds, 30 seconds at max, but it, it's amazing how quickly uh, those type of encounters are ingrained in your head afterwards. Oh, yeah, it's so out of the ordinary. It's like when you're a little kid, time goes really, really slow because everything is novel and new. So it seems to take a long time for your brain to process everything because it's all novel and new. And as you get older, there's less novel and new experiences. So time seems to speed up because your brain doesn't bother to stop and process all the superfluous information it's looked at before. So you get the same sort of thing with any of these experiences where you're seeing something completely different and out of the ordinary and your brain's focus just goes, okay, I'm going to transcribe everything in excruciating detail and play it back for you a bunch of times whether you want it or not. Oh, I fully agree with you. Fully agree with you. Duke, I'm going to get you to hold on. When we return, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio will have the cryptid report and share some stories with us. That's what he does. That's why we love him around here. World Bigfoot Radio, Super Duke Sullivan, and Space Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear, buddy. We got skunk ape reports coming up. We're going to talk about one of the various uh, presumed to be subspecies of Bigfoot here tonight. The deep south one, the pondered looking one. The the savage and (laughs) pretty primitive ones that don't seem to have rules. Like Robin says, the difference between them and Sasquatch is Sasquatch have a tribe and a society kind of like Native Americans or something. Uh, skunk apes are kind of like a bunch of drunken frat boys. <laughs> you can expect them to do any kind of stupid thing that doesn't make any sense whatsoever because they don't have any damn rules. And they're pretty primitive and savage, so probably not the best cryptids to do research on. But I'm going to go get a couple drags off of SIG before we have to return and talk about skunk apes. You go, buddy. You go. Super Duke, Super Duke. That's pretty cool. Hope you all have had a good night tonight listening into the show.
Leave a hockey stick at the Bigfoot site. Uh, it's funny because the Bigfoot site is... How can I put this? Is behind where the sightings, where the sighting happened. What do you say there, Super Duke? Swollen tea. Mm. Yummy, yummy tea. I had a glass of ice tea earlier. That's what I usually drink is tea. Coffee in the morning, tea the rest of the day. Nice. Nice. All right. uh, We want to say a big thank you to Teresa, Double M3, and Dry Toast for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate your love and support of SOR. Thank you so, so much. And a big thank you to everybody who's given us a thumbs up. Tonight, hi, Nikki. How are you? And uh, here we go with the final half hour. Duke, take as long as you need. tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you all with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Let's continue on with World Bigfoot Radio's Super Duke Sullivan, hanging on out, taking us through a journey on another cryptid report. Duke, what do you got for us tonight? 
Well, we're going to talk about skunk apes. And uh, before I get to that little announcement, my channel just passed its seventh anniversary of being an active channel where I actually put something up and don't just have a channel there. <laughs> and uh, so I went and looked at see what was going on. And my channel has now gone over 3 million views. So pretty excited about that for my tiny little channel. And my tiny little channel is getting close to 20,000 subs. Very nice. close. We're under 200 that we need. So if you've already subbed to World Bigfoot Radio, get over to YouTube, sub my channel. So we can get to 20,000. We got stalled out at 17,000 for about three years because I turned out a video that YouTube didn't like. So uh, <clears throat> should have been there a long time ago. Jump in. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And do your best. Help me out. So getting back to skunk apes, as some of you have been paying attention, notice I've been making some appearances. I was on uh, the Space Talk radio show with the weekend crew two weeks in a row talking about various cryptids. And I just went down and visited uh, Tex and Jason at Texas Front Porch to have a set for a spell and chew the fat with those two about uh, the Gugglies specifically and other associated cryptids. And um, this is one of those other things, too, where, you know, for a long time, it was hard to get people to even think there was such a thing as a Bigfoot. And then it became, well, if there is a Bigfoot, it's just in the pack west. And then it became, well, some people are starting to figure it out. They're actually all over the place, not just in the pack west. So then the next thing is when you get these researchers that have been doing this for decades and they keep getting all these reports, and all of it, all the information kind of looks similar after a while. You start seeing all these patterns, and then you get these weird outliers that don't make any sense. And you're looking at them going, I, I don't know what this is. And you get two or three or four, or maybe five of these reports that don't match with a Sasquatch, but they're completely consistent with each other. And it starts forming this other weird pattern, and then you start really getting confused. Well, this kind of stuff pops up, and it takes the you know really experienced researchers to actually go look into it further to see if there's any there there. You know, is there are they just misinterpreting the data, or is there something actually there? And you know, big shout out to Lauren Coleman for being the guy that really went after the skunk ape thing and did a bunch of research on it. Um, and Lauren says about skunk apes. Once again, I will state the obvious. I know it is difficult enough convincing mainstream scientists that the classic Bigfoot exists out west, and perhaps in the east as a smaller geographic race. Why muddy the waters with an additional unknown in the American southeast and parts of the Midwest? Skunk apes. The simple answer is because authentic tracks and credible eyewitnesses seem to identify an unknown primate quite different from what I call the classic Bigfoot. During the last 40 years... I've entertained numerous theories as to the skunk ape's origins. Did they come over in the 17 and 1800s as ships carrying slaves and cargo from Africa or Asia? While slave trading between Africa and the United States began in the early 1600s, it did not become routine until after the invention of the cotton gin in the 1790s. It is possible that some chimpanzees or a subspecies might have been brought over then since slave ship captains often kept chimps as pets. In fact, the first chimpanzee to reach a zoo in England was brought to Bristol in the autumn of 1834 by Captain Wood, who had picked it up on the Gambia coast. 
Some people today do not even think this was a chimp at all, but the very different bonobo. Um, what he doesn't mention here is that that whole area, especially down in Florida, was like pirate central for a long time. And some of those pirate captains had weird exotic pets too, so there's another option. Um, he goes on to say the first four gorillas to be brought from the wild into captivity arrived in 1855, 1883, and 1897 at Liverpool and in 1883 at Berlin. The first gorilla in Liverpool was thought at first to be a chimpanzee. The first two gorillas in the United States did not arrive until 1897 at Boston and 1911 at New York. For many reasons, particularly their swimming behavior, it's unlikely that the source of the American apes were the known chimpanzees or gorillas brought over on slave ships. Could they have been an unknown form of ape then? Much confusion still exists about just what kind of apes live in Africa. In 1959 through 64, the mystery of the unknown uh, Ufiti, an unknown ape monster seen around Lake Nyanza, Africa, turned out to be a gray silverback female chimpanzee, a rare commixture of traits more often found in the male gorilla. In the book The Apes, primatologist Vernon Reynolds reported on a group of four chimpanzees seen swimming the Benito River, Spanish Guinea, which he thought was some other species. In 1967, the Basel Zoo received, received an alleged Kulakamba, a gorilla-like chimpanzee, Pantroglodyces Kulakamba, which turned out to be a red-backed female gorilla. In 2001, National Public Radio brought to the attention of listeners something known in cryptozoological circles for years, the search for the Billy Ape in the Congo. NPR's Alex Chadwick told how Richard Rangham of Harvard University and the Leakey Foundation and Christoph Bosch of the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig finally concluded that they were not searching for a gorilla as originally thought, but a possible new race of chimpanzee. My own sense of this, says Lauren, is that this is a wide-ranging supposedly prehistoric dryopithecine, which paleontologists tell us existed in Africa, China, and Europe, and this may be the source of the swimming apes of Africa and the bottomlands of the United States. The Dryopithecine seemed to be the perfect candidate to explain the North American apes. Anthropologist Napier writes that they were a highly successful family living in both temperate and subtropical woodlands. Theodosius Dobzhansky remarks that it is not surprising that fossil apes have been found in Europe since that continent together with North America enjoyed long periods worn temperate to tropical climates, especially during the tertiary period. Dryopithecus fontanae was found on the continent of Europe and occurred during the Middle Miocene. Naturalist M. Fontan discovered this holotype of the species near the village of Saint-Gaudin, France, in 1856. Even the name Dryopithecus furnishes a clue. It means oak ape, and was so-called Alfred Sherwood Romer written in The Man of the Vertebrates because of the presence of oak leaves in the deposits from which the first remains of this form were obtained. All evidence points to the occurrence of, quote, oak apes, in North American marshy habitats and temperate bottomland hollows. This idea, I realize, he says, is her heretical enough since the pungents of the Dryopithecine are supposed to have lived only from the Miocene to Pleistocene times. Giganopithecus, anthropologist Grover Krantz candidate for the Bigfoot Sasquatch of the Pacific Northwest, is merely the evolved giant end of the Dryopithecines. Dryopithecines appear to be important in the mystery primate picture in North America from the chimp-sized uh, in small skunk apes of the south to the classic Bigfoot and Sasquatch, uh, Gigantopithecines or Paranthropines of the west and occasionally perhaps in the east. And then he goes on to state the long history 
of skunk apes. The funny thing is that no one should expect a Bigfoot in Florida. Ramona Clark and other researchers from the Sunshine State gathered reports from the 1950s to the 70s that described unknown anthropoids, not hominids. Even Sports Illustrated magazine in 71 did an article on the latest skunk ape reports from Florida. That article quite straightforwardly noted that these animals were more chimp-like than Bigfoot-like. Then the Mayaka photographs, and they're not the only most recent of a long history of skunk ape and related mystery anthropoid reports. Lawrence says, I have files and letters from people who lived along the east central coast of Florida who told me of their encounters with ape-like animals, especially during the 1963 to 68 period. These are mostly from the Holopop Brooksville area and discuss algae-covered unknown apes seen on the extensive wild areas of the huge Mormon ranch. The classic skunk ape, as opposed to the apparently hoaxed South Florida images of Patterson film model Bigfoot clones seen on recent reality TV programs, is a much different animal from the Sasquatch of the United States and Canadian Northwest. Florida's largely subtropical location is only the most obvious reason why the mystery apes of the South should be radically different from the traditional Bigfoot. They've been seen and tracked throughout the lower Midwestern and southern swampy woods and bottomlands of oak, cottonwood, and willow. Whereas the classic Bigfoot is upright walking on two legs from six to eight feet tall on average and leaves a giant footprint that looks like an oversized human footprint complete with five toes, the skunk apes uh, are more ape-like, shorter, often not much more than over five or six feet tall. They go down on all fours a lot and leave behind prints that look like your hand. That is with the big toe sticking out to the side. So this is a ponged track. It's more like a gorilla track, a chimpanzee track, and a orangutan track. Um, all of the classic great apes, they have a foot that looks like a hand because of the brachiation, brachiation they're uh, cruising around in the trees all the time. The word gorilla now had been used to describe the creek bottom sightings of these animals in the last 50 years. In Boone County, Indiana, in 1949, fishermen Charles Jones and George Kaufman were chased from the banks of Sugar Creek by a brown gorilla. In 1962, farmer Owen Powell of Trimble County, Kentucky, spotted what he called a gorilla, about six feet tall, black, walking on its hind legs and having long, uh, having <laughs> arms hanging down to its knees. In 1968, a boy was snatched and then released in the backyard of his home in Kinlock, Missouri, by what he called a gorilla. A screaming aunt and barking dog led the gorilla to eventually drop the boy. At Hamburg, Arkansas, also in 1968, the Arkansas Gazette noted stories of a prowling gorilla. In the 1970s, the reports of Nobby, seen in North Carolina, some of the folk monsters of Arkansas, the manimals of the Red River, and the Lake Worth monster of Texas are all describing similar gorilla-like creatures. At least one Bottomlands resident believes the animal he saw was a chimpanzee. Over a three-year period from 1967 to Howard Dreesen of Calumet, Oklahoma, left out oranges and bananas for the animal, which he had hoped to capture. The reports of these much more anthropoid beasts are often buried in Bigfoot files because the term is so widely used today. Sometimes the sightings leave a lasting impression on the local geography. One such place is Allen, Allen County, Kentucky, where, according to folklorist Harold Holland, the name Monkey Cave Hollow apparently was given to one locality about four miles northeast of Scottsville, Kentucky, by the earliest settlers. For the simple reason, a forested valley was inhabited by a tribe of what the pioneers identified as some sort of monkeys. 
These creatures foraged in the woods and took refuge in small caves. Now, I'd like to insert here at this point, this is the same area where devil monkey sightings have come out of. Hold on a second here. What are devil monkeys? Devil monkeys are sort of like the North American version of a a baboon. Oh, okay. Like if you put more fur on a baboon, made it more woolly. That's basically what devil monkeys are. And they're like the size of a large dog or bigger. They're not known to be gigantic. But, yeah, devil monkeys. And uh, I read a bunch of reports from the olden days of the uh, – yeah, I'm sure he doesn't go into it here, but there was one witness that said the – one of the old timers came out of the woods when he was a little kid and said he had just shot a devil monkey. And the other old timers went, wow, I thought we got rid of all of those. And he went, no, there was still one out there. I got it. Yep, he brought it out and showed it to the kid. So the kid got to see it. And now about the, by the time the kid told the story, he was in his 80s. You know, so oh everybody else long since dead. This is all stuff that happened a long, long time ago. They had already wiped him out probably about 100 years ago. So back to uh, okay, the mon- monkey ho- monkey hollow, monkey cave hollow. Um, the forested valley was inhabited by a tribe with the pioneers identified as some sort of monkeys, and these creatures foraged in the woods and took refuge in small caves. Holland mentions that he once talked to an old timer who, well, here we go. Here's the story: when a boy of seven or eight saw the carcass of the last monkey. Other times, the event became part of local folklore, and as the years move on, the details get cloudy. Take, for example, an incident from Hannibal, Missouri. One day around 1900, mainland residents noticed a mysterious animal moving about on a large wooded island in the Mississippi River near that city. Locals notified the sheriff, who subsequently saw it and thought it might be a hyena, except that it was eating grass. When the sheriff and others captured it, it turned out to be, quote, the man from Borneo, unquote who had allegedly escaped from a circus. You know, how many circus trains used to overturn back in the days and gorillas and stuff escaped all the time, sure. Uh, (laughs) uh, As Lawrence says, I should point out the orangutan of Borneo and Sumatra is constitutionally incapable of swimming the Mississippi or any other river, while our primate friends from the bottomland seem to be able to do so without difficulty. And they do have video of um, orangutans wading across a body of water to get to the other side but it's like small, not very deep. And they're going, they're walking. (laughs) If it's up to their nose or above, they're not going over there, you know? So they're like, they're not good swimmers. The known species of giant apes basically do not swim, but from all indications, skunk apes do. They range up and down the Mississippi waterways, as well as the gallery forests bordering the uh, river systems, riparian forests. A high percentage of skunk ape sightings take place along the creek bottoms of rural America in places such as Sugar Creek, Indiana, Walnut Creek, Alabama, and Clote River, Florida. The popular film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, shout out to Keith Crabtree that I went camping with last month. He's the guy that wore the monster suit in that movie, which, according to Lawrence, is really a docudrama, uh, factual details, uh, but melodramatic and recreations about the incidents in Falk, Arkansas. Several times they note that he travels the creeks. Well, and we know that Sasquatch do that too. It's one of their regular routes to travel around them. And, of course, they can get fish and there's water there. So, 
The sightings of swimming apes by Charles Buchanan reinforces this point. On November 7th, 1969, Buchanan was camping out on the shore of Lake Worth, Texas, when he awoke at about 2 a.m. to find a hairy creature that looked, I heard this story before, Dave, go like a cross between a human being, a gorilla, or an ape towering above Of course. Him. Buchanan had been sleeping in the bed of his pickup truck when the thing suddenly jerked him to the ground, sleeping bag and all. Gagging from the stench of the beast, the camper did the only thing he could think of. He grabbed a bag of leftover chicken and shoved it into the long-armed beast's face. The beast took the sack in its mouth, made some happy guttural grunting sounds, then loped off through the trees, first splashing in the water, then swimming with powerful strokes toward Greer Island. <laughs> he just wanted the leftover chicken. Well, so, anyway... Him? Do we have a little bit more time here? We have about four minutes. Okay. Well, read a little bit of this. He talks about the tail of the toe. The great toe of the skunk ape is evidenced in their footprint sticks out to the side. And again, this is common for the actual great apes that we know about. They don't have all their toes sticking forward. They've got that, the hallux, their big toe sticks out to the side. It's more like a hand, like they have four hands instead of two feet, two hands. Anyway, and we know it sticks out from a 50-degree to almost 90-degree angle. All primates are pentadactyl with five-toed. Among the higher primates, hominids, men, and pongids, apes have a foot that is plantigrade. Both hominids and anurs, which is bare, leave behind a, a footprint clearly showing the foot is plantigrade with a big toe that is not opposable. One of the big differences between the foot and thus the footprints of humans and pongids is our big toe, the hallux, which lies alongside points in the same direction as the other toes. More than anything else, these strange footprints found in the south and border states strongly support the notion of another kind of unknown ape different from humans of the classic Bigfoot, and that does exist on our continent. In the spring of 1962, Lawrence says, I came upon ape-like footprints in a dry creek bed near Decatur in south-central Illinois. His Mark A. Hall, famed Minnesota Bigfoot researcher, said and demonstrated in his discussion of Iowa and related Ponja tracks, at the fringes of the skunk ape range, activity is often apparent. The Decatur discoveries are thus no surprise. These Illinois tracks are similar to ones found throughout the bottomlands of the south. For example, an ape observed near Clanton, Alabama in 1960 was first seen by Reverend E.C. Hand of the Refuge Baptist Church and some locals. The creature left a series of tracks near where Rural Route 31 crosses, crosses 65 south of the town, also two miles to the west. Large and small tracks were found, as there were at least two individuals. Sheriff T.J. Lockhart and Deputy James Earl Johnson investigated. Johnson described the tracks as the strangest things he had ever seen, no one could figure out what kind of animal made the prints. One of the tracks, preserved in a cement cast, was about the size of a person's foot, but looked like a hand. According to what Clanton Union Banner editor T.E. Wyatt told me in a letter 40 years ago, of course, the pongid foot does resemble a human hand more than a human foot. So there's a good example right there. Uh, Florida, the forensic ethological finds there are overwhelming. In 65, following a late-night visit by a stooping figure in Hernando County, investigators discovered rounded tracks with one big toe stuck out to the side, like the thumb on a hand. In 71, a skunk ape prowled through the Big Cypress Swamp, producing footprints of which casts were made. These casts, again, show a footprint about nine inches in length with an opposed great toe. So he's making a really good case for this, and this goes on quite a long time with him uh, quoting all of the places and times where these uh, tracks were found and, and whatnot. So 
Um, there does seem to be some other subspecies or independent uh, Sasquatch-adjacent cryptid that lives in the South. i got to ask you, before we go, how can people get a hold of you, find your information, your channels? You can find my support groups on Facebook, World Bigfoot Radio, lets you know when the upcoming shows are. Montana Bigfoot Project gives you the lowdown on not only my research, but other of the top flight Bigfoot researchers out there. And you can get much the same over on my MeWe group, World Bigfoot Central. My main show is on YouTube, and of course it is World Bigfoot Radio, and it's also on BitChute, Rumble, Brighteon, and Odyssey. Love the story, man. The skunk ape. The stinky little fellow who doesn't get enough love or respect down in Florida. Damn right. All right, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. We love it when you are here. Thank you so much for always entertaining us and bringing us some incredible knowledge each and every time you were here, my friend. I don't know where you find these historic reports, but, man, are they fun. Yeah, well, you got to bring the goods if you want to tell people what's really going on. Here's the evidence, folks. Here you go. Go look it up. <laughs> Check it out. Super Duke for World Bigfoot Radio, headquartered in the beautiful state of Montana. And we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up. For the guitar god himself, special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, Spreaker, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Good night.